Welcome back to our Streaming Science podcast series. Streaming Science is a student-run science literacy program here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Our goal is to promote and tell stories on many platforms about scientists and innovations that are advancing here on UNL's campus and beyond. This specific podcast series focuses on big data. I am your host, Leanne Gamet, an agricultural and environmental sciences communication student from Paxton, Nebraska. I am here today with Bridget Tripp, a PhD student in the Complex Biosystems program. Her background is in biology and bioinformatics. Her research focuses on the integration of heterogeneous, high-throughput biological data through probabilistic graphical models. Okay, wow, that's a mouthful. Let's have her explain that a little bit more in depth. Thanks for joining me today, Bridget. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is Bridget Tripp, and I'm originally from Santa Cruz, California. And um, I'm currently in the Complex Biosystems PhD, which is an interdisciplinary um, PhD program where we're looking at both um, computational and mathematical models, but also life sciences questions. Great. So um, what exactly is your thesis here as a student? Uh, I'm looking to integrate uh, different or heterogeneous types of omics data, which is high throughput biological data, um, in a simultaneous fashion using graphical probabilistic models. And that's a huge mouthful, but Really, um, the data is omics, and if you're familiar with uh, the genome or um, proteome, um, it's the collection, in the case of genomes, of all the genes within a particular system, or um, the proteome is all the proteins within a particular system. So when you're taking a sample, you can actually test for all of those different levels of omics, and right now, individuals are... um, they're analyzing each level of the omics and then at the end integrating, but there's a, a lot of crosstalk between those different layers. So I'm looking at a way to capture that crosstalk and through um, a graph uh, mechanism, so nodes and edges between those nodes. So you are currently working um, with a project including Delirium. Do you kind of want to build on that a little bit? Okay, sure. So before I get started, let me explain delirium because it was um, a pathology that I was not familiar with before starting the project. And it's, it often hits older adults after they've been through surgery. And it's um, a sudden, often only short-term bout of confusion. So your grandmother goes through surgery and when she wakes up, she may not know where she is, who she is, or she may know that, but um, she misinterprets what's going on around her. And this particular um, pathology can result in significant cost as far as healthcare. Those individuals that have delirium coming out of surgery tend to have um, longer stays and like extended care or convalescent homes. So after describing delirium, um, a little bit about my project is I'm actually collaborating with Beth Israel and the Harvard Medical School. And we are trying to come up with a biomarker to predict who will have delirium. And biomarker is some sort of, whether it's a, a gene or a protein or a metabolite that can 
give us an idea of who is going to be delirious after surgery. And so um, right now, the only way we can predict is by the person actually showing that, that phenotype. And so we want to come up with a way to do a, like a, a multi-omic signature so that, say, your grandmother or grandfather, they're going in for um, hip replacement surgery, uh, a surgery that um, in the older adult community is considered an elective surgery because it won't necessarily prolong your life, but it will improve your life. In the case of those types of surgeries, if, say, your grandparent has that biomarker, instead of putting them under um, general anesthesia, which is normally when we see the delirium, we could put them under uh, a local. And my particular portion of this project is um, taking in the data that has been um, processed through those high throughput technologies and cleaning them up, normalizing them, which in statistics, it it's easier to analyze what's going on if you have a, a normal distribution. And um, I'm also looking at, at different studies in that um, it's the same individuals or the same type of cohort, but they've been run at different times. And you get a lot of variability between um, each run, even if it's, let's say we took your, your blood sample and we ran it today in a particular platform, if we ran that exact same sample the next day, there's going to be variability and we need to, to um, correct for that. So that that's really what I've been doing is taking metabolomics data, lipidomics, which is all of the lipids within a system and uh, the proteomics data and trying to clean them up and integrate the, the different samples, different runs. So that's kind of a big um, project, I guess, that you're working on. Is anybody specifically helping you? Are you kind of like the lone soldier, so to speak? My advisor, Dr. Hassan Otu, actually has taken the lead. And then more recently, when he brought me into his lab, he's still the, the figurehead and helping direct me, but I'm really taking it by the reins and doing literature review, trying to find out the best ways to, to work with this data. So um, long-term kind of goal is, would this potentially be implemented in hospitals all the time then? It's hard for me to think really long-term. Uh, I know that my collaborators, that's their hope, is to be able to predict and then change the, the anesthesia protocol. Me personally, long-term, um, I'd like to come up with um, a similar approach where if we're looking for a particular pathology, we can find those biomarkers within the different levels of the omics. So big data is kind of a big term. Uh, I think anybody that you talk to is going to give a different definition. Do you want to kind of define it? Yes, it, that's a, a tricky question because like you said, everyone's going to give you a different answer. And I think that the general generic answer is um, a large almost impossible to fathom amount of structured and unstructured data, messy data. And that's true. That's what big data is. But me personally, and based on the projects I'm working on and the direction I'm going, um, it's more of a treasure hunt to me because you're looking at this super messy data that you, at first glance, you're, you won't see anything other than 
pretty much garbage because it's a, a, just a ton of um, amino acids or what have you. And I'm able to go in there into this messy data and find patterns and find hopefully answers to questions. So you mentioned your advisor. Um, do you want to kind of touch on how QLSI kind of helped you guide into the spot that you were in now? Oh, definitely. Um, Dr. O2 is actually one of the faculty members that helped develop my PhD program. And my PhD actually falls under um, the Quantitative Life Sciences Initiative. And so initially, I, I had looked at all of the faculty that are participating and what what research they're interested in. And um, Dr. O2 was one of the individuals that most closely aligned with, with my research. The fact that he was already doing uh, multi-omics of delirium with his collaborators was just perfect. So what kind of background do you have um, when it comes to science? Was this always what you planned to be doing or did you kind of have a different end result goal? No, it wasn't what I always planned to do. When I was in high school, I really enjoyed the sciences and mathematics. But after I graduated from high school, life sort of derailed me, and uh, I didn't immediately go into my bachelor's. I, I entered the workforce and human resources, more of a, a business focus. And after doing that for 10 years, I, I realized I really missed science, and I felt like I could be doing so much more. And I returned back to school while I was pursuing my bachelor's, it seemed as though every time I took a different science class, I was like, I want to do this. I want to be a chemist. I want to be, uh, actually, I had thought about being a, a biochemist or even um, going into pharmacy. But as I had said, each time I had a different class, I just realized there was so much out there. And um, so I finished my bachelor's and I moved right into my, my master's, which is um, in biochemistry and molecular biology, bioinformatics. And um, once I was done with that, I, I still felt like I wasn't done. And um, that's when I, I found the, the PhD here at um, UNL. And uh, I, I feel like I found my calling. I've never been more passionate or happy to be doing something. I think a lot of people can learn from that, kind of following your dreams, um, even if your uh, route kind of gets derailed. Do you want to maybe speak to the people who were in your shoes um, before or are in your shoes now? What do you want to say to them that maybe they want to continue their dreams? Well, for those individuals who did get derailed as far as their educational pursuits, I'm not going to mislead you. It's super challenging and um, at times frustrating, but it's so worth it. Just, you know, take one class at a time if that's what is necessary. Just keep following your, your dream. So you're obviously a huge advocate for STEM, probably particularly women in STEM. Um, how do you plan on continuing to advocate for STEM, women in STEM, those kind of things? That's a, a great question. Yes, I am a huge advocate of women in STEM, being a female in, in STEM. I have put a lot of thought into how I want to transfer my passion to other um, females. And I, 
I've considered doing um, outreach to local high schools and trying to explain because, you know, in high school you learn biology, chemistry, physics. You, those students may not be learning about bioinformatics, which is um, using computers to analyze that data. So I'd like to put together some sort of outreach to, to students who are getting ready to enter college so that they, they have an idea that there's more out there than the traditional science route. Is there anything else that you would like to add about your work that we haven't touched on or um, the program that you're working with? Well, I'll touch on the complex biosystems. So this is a, a new program, and I'm now in my third year with the program. I was the first cohort, and there were four of us, all women. This program was started by two women, and I find that to be so amazing because when you think about um, the STEM field and particularly computer science, you, you always hear that there's a, a shortfall as far as women entering those fields. So the fact that the first cohort, we were all women, um, that, that was amazing. Now we're in our third year and we've diversified and, and that's fine. It's just forever will be um, a special spot in my heart thinking about that, that first cohort. Do you ever find yourself relying on the, the people in the cohort? Definitely. We, we all come from very diverse backgrounds. Um, one member, she was an ecologist in her bachelor's studies. We have a mathematician and a biochemist. And then there's me, the biology with the bioinformatics. And so we all bring uh, a particular strength. And for sure during the first year, we would reach out to one another um, pretty regularly when we would see an area where we were struggling, but we knew they were an, an expert in that field. And although we're pretty busy in our research, we still probably three to four times a week reach out and confirm, does this make sense? Mm -hmm. Just yesterday, we're, there were three of us when we were talking about how um, to do a statistical study design for one of the experiments. So I foresee that that first year cohort, we will continue throughout our professional careers reaching out um, to discuss their specialization. A special thanks to Bridget Tripp for joining me today and all of you for tuning in. We have so much to learn from the incredible individuals us students get to talk with, and I encourage you to continue listening to our Streaming Science podcast series to learn more. I am your host, Leanne Gamut, signing off. See you next time.